Hello friends, welcome back. Um, and uh, coming back with some pretty epic uh, television on its way. I don't know about you, but I've watched that It Chapter 2 trailer, I think, at least half a dozen times. Um, probably more, um, to be entirely honest. Um, that's just me being modest. It's just because I want more. I am so excited uh, between Jess Chastain, James McAvoy, um, and the one and only Bill uh, Hader. I am so pumped. And of course, talking about epic television movies, we are looking at, you know, the last three episodes of Game of Thrones. I'm sad and absolutely terrified. Um, because you know it's going to go either way, especially now that I'm seeing reports that the writers are planning on, like, turning off their phones and going into hiding. Um, you know, taking a page from George R.R. R. Martin, they are terrified, um, to find out what the fans are going to do. So, that scares me quite a bit. But, um... Uh, you know, diving into, you know, all this golden cinema, you know, uh, Netflix got to hand these guys, you know, the, the torch because they are coming out with some pretty amazing, entertaining, um, you know, self-proclaimed, uh, uh, you know, productions. I'm sorry, I'm just so overwhelmed with what I'm sure you already know we are discussing this week. So uh, let's dive right into it. What is it about this guy? When I feel his love, I feel like I'm on top of the world. There are things you don't know. Hi, officer. I think I must be lost. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmare. I am innocent. You don't actually believe this garbage, do you? It's in all the papers, Ted. <laughs> Monkey! Oh! How did his name get on that suspect list? I want to come see you. I was really hoping you'd say that. This case is about catching a monster. Ladies and gentlemen, I am that innocent suspect. You are skating on thin ice, partner. The media has convicted Ted before he's had his day in court. I'm gagged. You're not. I wonder whether he did it or not. I'm more popular than Disney World. Did you do these things? Absolutely not. They get back to plotting my escape here. That's right. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. We're diving into the 2019 American biological crime thriller. Um, basically, the point of view of Ted Bundy's former girlfriend, Liz. And I'm going to do my best, like I did with the Ted Bundy tapes, not to make this a true crime podcast. I am a Ted Bundy purist. As we all know, you know, this is one of those true crime stories that I have read back and forth, back and forth. And, well, I say that, and then I totally screw up the names, so pff, I'm a true crime novice, I guess, at that. But, essentially, I'm going to try not to focus too much on 
where the writing and the story deviated. Um, but, you know, basically just try to talk about the, the film itself because it, it is very well done. Um, directed by Joe Berlinger. We'll dive into who that is for those of you who don't recognize it. We're talking Paradise Lost films. We're talking the Ted Bundy tapes. This guy knows true crime and he knows how to make a hell of a documentary because uh, I also think he did the Metallica one too. Um <clears throat> And uh, essentially, the screenplay is written by uh, Michael Werwe, and the film is based on the memoir The Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy by Elizabeth Kendall. Um, and that's essentially his former girlfriend. Um, and, uh, you know, we kind of get her point of view of, uh, you know, her time with Ted um, and said. Uh, very interesting, interesting point of view. So um, the film itself is starring Zac Efron as Bundy, well casted, Lily Collins as Elizabeth Kendall, um, and uh, later on we've got uh, Kea, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Scudillero as Bundy's wife, Caroline Boone, uh, later wife, John Malkovich, of course, as the Honorable Judge Edward Cowart, and the presiding judge, of course, at Bundy's trial. <clears throat> And uh, a few others who we're going to dive into when we get into that. So the plot itself, we're, you know, we're going to skip, which to me is very disappointing. So spoiler alert, we're diving right into post-Washington State. We're basically, like, picking up, you know, essentially past Lakes Kamamish and... Um, so these are the disappearances between Washington and uh, Oregon. And, you know, we're picking up literally with Liz meeting Ted at a bar. And, uh, you know, she's out and about trying to pick up her life. She's a single mother. And, you know, she basically feels all alone, that there is no one that's going to take her. She's kind of damaged goods. So the fact that this attractive, charismatic, wonderful guy that we know as Zac Efron playing the devious wolf in sheep clothing, uh, Ted Bundy, you know, sees her. This is like a dream come true. And, um... You know, we kind of, Joe does a really good job of portraying that. I gotta, I gotta give him that just from, just Lily's look. She is one hell of an actress. Um, I guess Lily, Liz's look. Um, you know, just and those eyebrows. Oh, I was envious the whole time watching. Um, but essentially, uh, you know, we we pick up very quick that she is falling for him fast. So as I said, we're missing the escalation period. So for Bundy, you know, I would have liked to have seen what joe thinks was the point to cause him to lose it so you know it is it a nature versus nurture um you know uh, point you know i just would have liked to have seen if he thinks it was his childhood so you know basically finding out that at that point in his young adulthood that his mother were what he believed to be his um well i guess his early adulthood or early um, teenhood, you know, finding out that his, his mom or his sister was actually his mother and vice versa. And, uh, pardon me, some people think that's what triggered it. Or perhaps it is the, um, you know, the uh, breakup between him and I'm using the pseudonym him. Here's Stephanie Myers. Um, and personally, I would have liked to have seen him pick one or the other, but I guess, you know, we'll get into why he probably didn't do this, but it, essentially the escalation period to me would have been the most fascinating him trying to figure out what he's doing that's probably why i enjoyed the house that jack built so much we see him become an awful villain um and this really doesn't show a lot of that villain villainy um behavior for Efron, uh, from efron as bundy so but we do see him play a hell of a range but anyways diving back into the plot here 
I'm totally getting off topic and we'll, we'll wrap this all up at the end. My brain is all over the place. So anyways, we're picking up post Washington state, post Lake Skamamish. Um, and essentially Liz is seeing that in the paper that there is a, you know, kind of a, a lookout for resemblance to her boyfriend, Ted, apparently at Lake Skamamish, a lot of, several people were asked, um, women that is to help a man with a cast to load a sailboat onto a Volkswagen bug. They released a uh, composite sketch, of course, this being the actual real sketch from real life. Um, and, uh, you know, it kind of looks like Ted, but this is, you know, when you get into the true crime nature of it, this is where he was like a chameleon, his face kind of changed things. So when people actually saw Ted, they didn't think he was the one from the lake. But anyways, Liz picks up with this, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, ask Ted about it and do you believe this garbage it's nothing don't worry and anyways we pick up really quickly after um with Carol uh Danuk or Daruk uh always pronouncing that name wrong um the pacing in this film is very very fast but anyways we jump straight to that and she's picking Ted out of a lineup uh, you know claiming that he kidnapped her threatened to kill her and essentially just before he was able to handcuff her blah 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 she was able to escape so I really wish, again, we kind of saw this. I mean, it's kind of an interesting, lazy point on Ted's behalf um, as a serial killer. You know, he kind of tries to get out of the car and this girl was smart. She figured it out fast. Something wasn't right. And it, I, I don't know, it just would have been interesting to have seen that. It would have also given us, the viewer, a chance to see that, you know, Ted is an evil motherfucker. Just an evil, disgusting motherfucker. And, um... You know, the fact that we don't see it, you as the viewer are still left there going, maybe he didn't do it. And I guess maybe that's what Joe was trying to do, because even right up to the end, people thought that. But I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, because, you know, if you if you feel that they shouldn't have done that, you know, and anyways, but maybe it's again, this is Liz's perspective. So we pick up with Ted being released on bail, returning home to a very upset Liz. And, um, you know, he gives her this story about how Carol was shown a picture of him before the lineup. And that's why he, you know, looked familiar to her. That's why he got picked out. And basically we end up with this four day trial, our first real interaction of seeing Ted in a courtroom who he loved the theater. And Efron does one hell of a job showing Ted's just charismatic um, nature within the courtroom. And um, essentially after this four day trial, He's quickly found uh, guilty of aggravated kidnapping and sentenced to a minimum um, of one to, to a maximum of 15 years in Utah State Prison. So Liz is still refusing to believe that he's guilty. And uh, essentially once in prison, this is when uh, he's, he's not really trapped, but he's, he's basically cornered by a detective and asked a couple questions, which... They already had Ted in their view. They they knew things were going on. And this has to do with the death of um, Karen Campbell. And um, basically, we see Ted getting transferred to Aspen. And this is when Liz is, again, she's in denial. She's refusing to believe it. And to take the edge off, we see her starting to drink heavily. She's drinking daily now. Drinking daily. Wow. Drinking daily. And, uh, well... In the uh, Picton County Courthouse, Ted basically elects to serve as his own attorney. And as such, he's basically, you know, um, excused of wearing the handcuffs, leg shackles. And he's given access to the little library as well as a telephone just 
off of the courtroom. Um, and this is just like what happened in real life. We're going to see Ted's first escape. And he plans this by, you know, basically exercising, you know, building up his leg strength in his um, prison cell so that he is able to jump from the second story window and escape to the mountains, um, but is recaptured after six days later. And I kind of wish they showed that scene. Would have been kind of epic because at the same time, Ted sort of returned back because he was ill-prepared and definitely not able to survive the mountain conditions. Now, Liz visits Ted um, basically to end the relationship because it's destroying her and we we do pick up with um you know liz getting a new boyfriend this is when Haley joel osmond's mixed into the the whole storyline and oh my god captain friend zone you just took it from jorah mormont like oh it was her it hurt me to watch like stop doing it to yourself Haley. oh just it felt i felt so bad for him he just, he broke my heart, but at the same time, he's so sweet, you know, just, just so cute. But anyways, um, you know, she wants to end it, you know, and this is when, you know, Ted decides he's going to escape again, sawing a square out of, um, his cell ceiling. Now in real life, this is when Ted loses a bunch of weight. So we don't actually see this in part of us in the storyline because I don't think Efron could afford to lose the muscle mass. It's, you know, those muscles are probably like like insured i can only assume um but anyways this is when he escapes again and um quickly we see the news reports and i gotta give joe credit joe berlinger credit here um i loved 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 the um news archival footage and how he cut it into the actual storyline like people watching the tv and you're seeing the real life news footage it just as if you were really made me feel like I was there and it, it just captured me that much more. Now we quickly pick up to these news reports um, of the two women uh, murdered in the sorority house in Florida and um, followed this vicious attack on two more. Ted is quickly arrested and we don't see the death or any men. Well, we later we hear the mention of the the 12 year old. Um, oh, I'm forgetting her name. Oh, I feel so bad. Like I told you, you know, I'm a Bundy purist, but don't remember any of the names. I could put them out in a picture though recognize faces really quick but anyways we we don't they kind of skim over that which again they shouldn't have because these details really show you that bundy is an evil motherfucker he is so disgusting and but i guess you know in reality we don't even see that trial and um essentially they really just want you to focus on you know the uh um Kai Omega house and just the murder of the sorority girls. So, um, because they basically blind those two trials. We'll get into that later. So he's quickly arrested, um, and you know, possibly one of the quickest scoops just got pulled over. Wouldn't give his name, and then when he finally does, this is when they realize who they have, and Florida they ain't letting go. So we, um, you know, quickly get to see the um, main, you know, prosecutor, we, or well, I shouldn't say prosecutor, but the main, uh, I guess, um, head of the prison, that detective, that individual, and he is one scary motherfucker when he walks in and just tears up that, that picture um, of Molly's, which was pretty... Uh, you know, it, it goes to show Ted's Ted's fucked at this point. There, there's no other way to put it. But anyways, it, this is when quickly, you know, Ted realizes that, you know, he's just screwed. So 
you know, tries to contact Liz. She hangs up on him. Um, and then he receives, uh, you know, a following of women who are fascinated by him, claiming to love him. And this is when he decides to contact an old friend, Carol Ann Boone, um, who, of course, believes he's innocent. Like this woman, as I said, in the Ted Bundy tapes, she is nuts. She is fucking loco. Um, in fact, I think in some ways she was almost crazier than Ted. And if the two of them if she could have, she would have followed him into a murder, like Carla Homoka. She's just nuts. But that's a whole other podcast. So they tried to negotiate a pretrial um, plea bargain. And essentially, this is him pleading guilty for the deaths of Lisa Levy and Margaret Bowman. And of course, including the 12-year-old girl. Eh, of course, there it is, Kimberly Leach, um, in exchange for a 75-year prison sentence instead of the death penalty. Um, and Ted kind of makes you believe he's going to go along with it, but makes this huge courtroom gesture, which causes his, uh, in real life, as we know, his, his, you know, um, his uh, defense lawyer to quit. Ted kind of takes over the defense. It, it was just a spectacle, uh, just a total spectacle. Um, and, you know, th- they do a great job of showing just what it was like watching Ted on the tapes, seeing, you know, the live stream, for lack of a better word, of the actual prison uh, or the trial itself. Everyone was watching. And, you know, I, I even have asked people here in Canada if they were watching, and they were. You know, it, it's bizarre human nature we like to think that we don't do this but this goes back to like our our forefathers our foremothers you know there's another form of entertainment you know you kind of watch when someone's life's being gambled on the side and i think if they broadcast the execution the same numbers would have been there so um essentially we go through the entire trial i'm not gonna bore you with all the details of back and forth back and forth but we've got jim parsons playing the main uh prosecutor so uh for those of you who don't know who that is that's Sheldon cooper and I can't help but kind of feel like Netflix kind of put him in there in a in a weird way just to sort of, I don't know, capture those people like, oh, that's the Big Bang Theory. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just, he he kind of took me away from it, seeing him in this role. But at the same time, he he did a good job. I, like I, at this, he was, you know, he did a decent defense lawyer or a decent prosecutor. There's really nothing else to say. So... Just like in real life, uh, we see that the main point of this um, prosecution and the main point of the trial and what will be Ted's demise is the bite marks and uh, the impressions that were taken. And, you know, they focus on this, of course. And, of course, within seven hours after the trial, after the trial, the jury convicts Ted of the murders. And, um, you know, he's basically put in for two counts of burglary, uh, three counts of attempted first degree murder. And, of course, the murders of Lisa Levy, Margaret Bowman and Kimberly Leach. And, you know, it's confirmed he hit death by execution. And this is where we hear the title of the film. Those of you that don't know, this actually did happen. The judge did say this to him and did say, you know, it was kind of a waste to hear that he died. You know, he's going to be put to death. He would have loved to have seen him practice in front of him. It was kind of gross. You know, it was just morbid and gross considering, you know, who this guy fucking was. So 10 years later, we quickly pick up to Liz receiving a letter from Ted and she later decides to visit him after deciding she's going to look at the photograph uh, given to her decades earlier by Detective Mike Fisher. Really enjoyed this Mike Fisher. Um, He's the guy coming in and basically uh, trying to investigate the death of... uh, 
of Karen um, Campbell. And, uh, you know, just the way he kind of traps Ted. I I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Just just really well done. But anyways, Liz, you know, demands the truth from him claiming, you know, and great acting between um, uh, Lily Collins and Zachary Efron here. We see the true um, arc and just design of both of their characters. And we see them portray everything from the sympathetic, you know, caring lovers that they used they were in the beginning and it just quickly escalate to full-on evil mode um from ted and a strength from liz that we never saw through the film demanding that he tell her right then and there so she's demanding you know did you do this tell me how and essentially she keeps asking how did she lose her head ted and she wants to know and this is when we see, because Ted won't admit to it, and I kind of wish they showed this as well, because he just kind of mentions, like, Ted's feeding them bullshit, and that bullshit that Zach Efron's talking about is this third-person confession that Ted gives, and um, would have been kind of interesting if they tied that in a little bit, and instead we see Ted just admitting to it, but not admitting to it in a weird way by breathing on the glass and writing the word hacksaw. And this is when we see the only bit of real violence or murder from Ted through the entire film and what he was truly thinking. Um, You know, we see a flash of what we thought was something innocent, him reading under the covers beside Liz. It turns out he was staring at her back, fantasizing about killing her. You know, we see Ted luring a young girl, well, a young lady woman to his car asking for help and you know reaching and grabbing the crowbar smacking her head in and dragging her off into the woods um and you know this is when liz leaves the prison in shock she realizes he is the evil motherfucker that everyone has told her and that she was duped the entire time and you really feel bad for her you you just want to reach out and give her a hug thank god Haley's there for her because he is just so lovable. So she goes running out uh, to the prison to be met by, of course, a teenage Molly and Haley Joel Osment and claiming everything's okay now. And this is where the film ends with uh, real footage and facts on the screen confirming, of course, that Ted was executed January 89 at and he would be aged 42 and uh, essentially confessed to 30 murders and that his uh, ashes were, of course, scattered on the Cascade Mountains where he deposited the remains of numerous victims. In fact, I believe it's verse six or seven. So the cast, Zac Efron, fucking nailed it. Uh, this man deserves like a, an Oscar nom for this role. Um, the laugh though, that's the only thing I didn't feel like he, he got entirely because Bundy's laugh is like annoying. It's so annoying, but Efron's just too fucking cute. So, I mean, he, he embodies Ted to the absolute fullest. In fact, he kind of fucking looks like Ted and, um, you know, in fact, to the point where fans were petitioning for him to be casted, but he's um there's just something about him like he just i don't know it just it it was him but at the same time it was just a little cutesy wootsy but maybe it wasn't his fault i feel like that might just be kind of the editing and just sort of the filming stuff that we'll get into that later but efron you know solid 10 out of 10 just freaking loved it lily collins as elizabeth liz kendall if you guys didn't know that's phil collins's daughter um you know at the beginning, I found she was kind of boring. Um, 
I don't know, I just didn't care. And just all her sad, sad life. But then towards the end, she just becomes a tool of the force and she just steals that ending scene, I feel like, from Efron. Like when she is demanding how she lost the head, I just just was sitting there like, you go, girl. Um, Caroline Boone, uh, Kaya, again, how? this name, uh, is Cantillero. Um, she picked up playing crazy, like crazy was just her, her nature. Well done lady. Um, cause Carolyn Boone is one wacky woman. And to think that there is a Ted Bundy daughter out there with both of their genes. I wish her well. Um, yeah. Anyways, John Malkovich playing judge Edward Coart. I mean, what else do you do other than just kind of play this weird sympathetic oddball um but i love malkovich always will and um the friend of uh or joanna i should say the friend of liz great job Haley joel osmond you guys played some great secondary characters you know i both just you know you were ste- you were scene stealers you know they both kind of when their moments were on they did it and you know as a viewer i i was i was hooked jim parsons of course is larry simpson our prosecutor like I said, interesting to have Sheldon play a different role, but I just feel like for North American viewers, this is always going to be Sheldon Cooper, and it just steals you from watching it. It's like kind of watching uh, Daniel Radcliffe. For me, I always feel like it's Harry Potter. Maybe it's just my own personal brain, the way it's working, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, you know, let me know. Like I said, I, I'm always up for a discussion, so reach out to me if uh, if you disagree. Um, and uh, for those of you that didn't didn't notice um, James Hetfield, uh, Metallica's guitarist, another cameo appearance, um, and of course playing another cop. Um, but all these characters come together, and some I haven't mentioned to just put together one hell of a film. So um, the project was unveiled at the 2017 Keynes Film Festival with n- notice that Efron was going to play the star, and um, Joe uh, Berlinger was quickly hired to direct with the rest of the cast coming on very shortly after. <coughs> Pardon me. So the film was quickly filmed uh, and then, uh, of course, would premiere at the Sundance Film Festival January 26, 2019, so a couple months ago. Um, and uh, essentially, that was it's kind of weird because it's two days after January 24th, which would have been the 30th anniversary of Ted Bundy's execution. So I don't know if that was a coincidence or a, a sort of on purpose. Um, and uh, Netflix scooped up the domestic distribution rights for this film at $9 million, um, and digitally released it May 3rd. So for those of you who haven't checked it out, do so now. Um, it's, it's, it's worth watching. And uh, I'll get into the conclusion, some of the things, you know, well, I guess, you know, if you haven't watched it and you're listening to this, you just pretty much got the whole plot of the film, but you should still watch it anyways, and I'll wrap up why um, uh, later here. So um, we'll see a return um, back in the fall just to see that it gets some award eligibility and visibility. Um, so like I said, kind of interesting to see if Efron got a nom for like, you know, Bundy, playing Bundy. That'd just be cool. Not to mention Lily Collins, um, just because she... She fucking nailed playing that role. It was, you know, I felt for her. Like, you know, you're just, it, like I said, beginning, a little boring, a little dull. But towards that end, you just, you are cheering her on 100%. So critical response right now, it's a little over 50%. Not very good. Um, essentially, 
some people are saying, you know, it's good. Other people not so happy. Um, essentially, the narrative limitations through sheer force. But Zac Efron's um, compulsive watchability, and uh, you know, keeps you hooked. And um, just one of the quotes I saw, uh, extremely wicked, doesn't rub our noses in the horror of Bundy. Chills us just enough, keeping the horror where it belongs, in the recesses of our imagination, where it remains what it should be. Dark as midnight and altogether too too much to fathom. Um, so yeah, and no, um, I'll, I'll, I, I'll agree and disagree on that one. Um, and essentially the narrative feature from veteran documentarian Joe Blinger seems as though it's setting out to be the story of serial killer Ted Bundy told through the eyes of his girlfriend, but Berlinger's film gets sucked into the gravity of sensational events that are already a matter of public record and spends too much time meticulously recreating them that the perspective is diluted and that one i i could see but i i kind of it really enjoyed his recreation of those you know heavily documented scenes but um you know wrapping up here essentially you know like i said in the beginning here we did not see the escalation and i think that would have been kind of an interesting range to have seen um you know especially since one of Bundy's most famous quotes, you know, about murder is in the beginning, you're so concerned about every last little detail. And by the end, you can't remember where you put the wrench. And those little things I think would have, you know, just would have helped put the story together a little bit more. So the story is told through Liz's eyes and we pick up after Lake's Kamamish. And, and I, I get it why they did this. You know, we don't want to focus too much on Ted doing that puts it in this like weird celebrity status which probably would have given the film a lot more controversy you know very similar to the jack the house that jack built um and essentially they just want to make it more watchable um you know putting it as this like liz as a victim and you know being as she was duped by bundy and so were several several people um you know it it just it creates more of a watchable film as a horror junkie Part of me wanted that gore. I was sitting there going, yes, 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 yes. But at the same time, I didn't. These are real people. These are real stories. These are real events. And I don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, it, I get where they're coming from. But the, the problem with this film is that for a true crime novice, you don't get those details. Bundy decapitated women. He had sex with their heads. He put makeup on them. At one point, he was re reported for putting makeup on a head and throwing it in Liz's fireplace while she slept. You know, and I, I like I said, this is from Liz's perspective, so she's not going to get these details. But these are the details that show you how messed up Bundy was. And without them, it makes him seem somewhat innocent. And that to me was one of the things I walked away watched after watching this film. I'm like, if you don't know all these details, you kind of wonder like, well, did he do it? I don't think he did. He's so nice. You know, and I guess that's kind of what maybe Joe wanted for, you know, people literally to make you as the viewer feel like you are in the, you know, 70s and 80s kind of watching this unravel. But I guess, um, you know, given the fact that you're watching it now in 2019, I feel that the viewers of this film need to watch his Ted Bundy tapes, his document, his documentation of Ted Bundy, and then watch his artistic interpretation of the actual true events. Now, he does 
vary a little bit from those true events. Uh, like I said, we're, we're not getting, um, well, he, in the actual Ted Bundy tapes, he gives us the girlfriend's true name. I mean, I stick to it, the pseudonym as much as I can because I don't feel like it was her fault entirely. You know, she just recognized that this, this guy was nuts and she wasn't going to be with him for the rest of it, of her life. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm pretty sure the pseudonym Stephanie Meyer, which just makes me think of Twilight, um, which is just kind of weird. But anyways, um, like I said, you know, the fact that we don't see the escalation, what, you know, is this nature versus nurture combination of both or perhaps that Ted was just hardwired wrong to begin with? Uh, the fact that we're missing, um, you know, some of the gory details but like I said, it's a two-way street. This is a true story. So you don't really want to step on too many toes showing that, especially the fact that some of these victims' families, you know, are going to end up watching this, are going to see it. So you want to portray it in in a way that honors both them, um, you know, and also makes it so you're not putting Bundy on a pedestal. Now, with all of this combined it doesn't make it so it's not a bad film. It is a great film. It is so well done. The acting comes together to create some spot on characters and you just, you get hooked. You just end up watching the whole thing and just, you know, are completely absorbed. But as I said, you, for those of you that don't know Bundy's crimes, his nature, make sure you've watched the Ted Bundy tapes before you dive into this. And if you've already watched Extremely Evil and have so many questions, because I'm sure you do, then I need you to, you know, definitely get on YouTube, start watching some document uh, documentaries and watch the Ted Bundy tapes, because it's definitely going to put a lot of things into perspective for you. So like I said, I really enjoyed this film. Um, it, Joe Berlinger does a great job editing the like news footage into the true or into his artistic you know footage and the acting between Lily Collins and Zac Efron is just uh, incredible so as a viewer you're just totally hooked um and it just I was I was completely absorbed and I I couldn't get enough in fact I'd, I'd, I'd watch it again it was that it was that good um but like I said there's just those few details that if they were tweaked just slightly, I think this film would have been that much better. Um, and, you know, like I said, if you disagree with me, if you think I'm the one that's being crazy, that I'm being nitpicky, perhaps I'm being too cynical, you know, reach out to me. Like I said, I, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to debate you. But it's it's always fun to have, you know, that opposing discussion um, and just kind of get, you know, the all overview of, you know, everything. So, guys, quickly, before I uh, sign off, you know, I had to just quickly reach out and say uh, thanks to uh, one of our um, one of our favorites. Those of you that have, I'm sure, have watched the Itch Chapter 2 preview saw The, the Stand is now getting re-released as a TV show. And those of you, perhaps, you know, you're obsessed with Pet Cemetery, like myself. You know, King is coming back in a huge way. So don't forget to check out Beardly.Designs. This is on Instagram. It's on Etsy. That's Beardly.Designs. Um, you can catch some of the coolest King merchandise I have seen on the internet 
And for those of you who, um, you know, have just listened to me ramble on, use the code CREEPER10 and you will get some big mad discounts at checkout. Again, that's CREEPER10 at Beardly.Designs and uh, score yourself some Wicked King merch. I mean, you don't want to be left out. Um, Like I said, we've got some amazing King film cinema coming up. So, you know, you don't want to be, you know, sitting there and... Some old get-up, you know, when everybody else is walking around with some of the coolest King merchandise. And, um, yeah, so uh, that's all, folks. Thanks again for listening. Um, You know, you guys are the best. You know, you make everything I do just feel so much more important. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, those of you, you know, as I've said many times throughout this episode, reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter. You know, love to hear from you. And, um you know, if you're feeling uh, feeling optimistic and happy, leave a review on Instagram. Again, it just sort of legitifies everything that I that I do. And um, as always, guys, thanks, thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, keep calm, stay creepy.